Let us pray. Gracious God, our creator, fill us full of your spirit as we read your word. Open our hearts to receive your truth. Shape and mold us to desire your ways and to do your will. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Our Old Testament reading comes from the book of Exodus, chapter 17, verses 1 through 7. Listen for the word of the Lord. From the wilderness of sin, the whole congregation of the Israelites journeyed by stages as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. The people quarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. Moses said to them, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water, and the people complained against Moses and said, Why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to God, What shall I do for this people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, Go on ahead of the people and take some of the elders of Israel with you. Take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. I will, stand, I will be standing there in front of you on the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock and water will come out of it so that the people may drink. Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. He called the place Massa and Meribah because the Israelites quarreled and tested the Lord saying, is the Lord among us or not? The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. The gospel reading this morning comes from John chapter 4, verses 4 through 15. Listen for the word of the Lord. But he had gone through Samaria but he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a Samarian city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city, to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a Samaria, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty 
the water that I give will become in them a spring of gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as your word is proclaimed, we may hear what you are saying to us today. Now let the words of your servant's mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Through Christ. Amen. The sermon title this morning is Living Water, Only Jesus Satisfies. This particular text is a portion of the longest discourse in the New Testament Jesus has with anyone, including his disciples, verses 4 through 42. Jesus and and his disciples were traveling from Judea to Galilee. Jesus chose the most direct route, which would take them through Samaria, where Jesus and his disciples would encounter outsiders known to them as the enemy. The Samaritans. The ancient conflict between the Jews and Samaritans goes back to 722 BC. The Assyrians, who were Gentiles, defeated the northern kingdom of Israel. They deported many Jews and imported pagans. The mixture of the Jews and the pagans created the people that are called Samaritans, who only believed in the first five books of the Bible called the Pentateuch and had a different location of their temple. And this left religious and cultural hostility in its wake. In the Samaritan city of Sychar, where Jacob's well was located, a tired and thirsty Jesus from his journey was sitting by the well. In the heat of the noonday, a thirsty Samaritan woman came to draw water from the well, and Jesus asked her to give him a drink. In Pastor Joanna's sermon last Sunday, Born Again in Christ by the Cross, Jesus spoke to a highly respected Jewish man named Nicodemus, which contrasts here his speaking to an unnamed woman who was a Samaritan. It was a more scandalous encounter because Jesus, a Jewish man, was willing to initiate a conversation and invite contact with a Samaritan and a woman. But another issue was looming, this time in the Samaritan woman's heart. She came to the well in the sweltering heat of the noonday, which was an unorthodox time for women to come and draw water. The women of her community would have come together in the cool of the early morning or evening. Her timing and being alone revealed that she had been shunned and shamed and isolated. Still, the woman at the well was no stranger to her time's political climate, cultural norms, and religious biases, and so she responded to Jesus' request for water whether out of arrogance, humility, or curiosity, she challenged Jesus by saying to him in verse 9, how is it that you, 
a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria. Knowing all about her, Jesus does a reversal on why she should ask for a drink by making the compelling statement in verse 10, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that it is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. It is easy for us today to see the theological slant in Jesus' words, but in the culture of the day, she would have understand the words living water as simply running water. In her understanding, the woman may have rightly tried to refute Jesus on two issues. First, how could he go to the deep well if he didn't have a bucket? Travers customarily carried animal skin to serve as a bucket to hold or retrieve water on long journeys, and Jesus had no bucket. Second, how could Jesus, this thirsty man himself, think he was more significant than the founder and digger of the well, Jacob, their shared ancestor, who had quenched many thirsts? The Samaritans, they believed in a Messiah, a Messiah to come, but they did not know Jesus. We too often misunderstand what Jesus has to say to us today. Jesus promised to do something that only he could do for the woman at the well and for those who would ask, give me a drink. Jesus met her in compassion in verse 13 where he shares everyone who drinks of this water, that is of Jacob's well, will be thirsty again. He gives her truth in verse 14 when he shares the source and the characteristics of the living water. The source of the water is Jesus. He says, the water that I will give. And the characteristics of the living water are that it will be a spring of water in them. And second, it will gush up to eternal life. While the Samaritan woman was literal in her understanding, at this point in the text, she was awakened to the possibility of something new and fresh in her life. She accepted Jesus' offer in the face of two ironies she pointed out to Jesus. He had no bucket, and the well was deep. And since Jesus had no bucket, it would be only by a miracle that he could provide an infinite amount of water without her having to return to the well again. The radical inclusion offered by Jesus was an ever-present and overflowing satisfaction of grace that the woman at the well might come to acknowledge for herself Jesus as the Messiah. When we accept the living water, we will experience God's infinite love and live a bold new life in Christ today. Does your walk reflect the acceptance and power of a living water life? When we accept the gift of living water, we must be willing to go to the well. I don't know about you, but over this past year, I've been to the well a lot. 
The well is a place where we can leave all of our troubles, loneliness, worry, shame, and the I don't want to talk about it. The woman at the well sought temporary relief from her thirst and rejection and encountered the waiting Jesus. It wasn't by accident or happenstance that Jesus met her in her need. For in verse 4 it says, but he had to go to, through Samaria. Jesus and his disciples could have traveled around Samaria to get to Galilee, but his heart's desire is for all people to encounter the living God and to be transformed. One of the most famous and memorable verses in the Bible is John 3.16, which says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. The spring of water gushing up to eternal life is not only about the salvation to come, it is also about living a salvation life in our daily lives where we are invited to see, reimagine, and to live into the possibilities of aliveness in the world in which we live. Jesus invites us to the deep well where our thirsty souls cry out for righteousness and wholeness and where he needs no bucket but to pour out his grace upon us. We encounter deep well experiences through our prayers, fellowship with one another, and where we are willing to boldly cross boundaries to do God's work by being the body of Christ, the church in the world, loving God through our worship and praise, and loving our neighbors through our words and actions. The well of living water offers Christ's infinite love to us. To go to the well and experience the living water and eternal life, we must be bold and willing to call upon the Lord. We, we call upon many things in our life's journey. Family, friends, colleagues, classmates, and among many others. You might remember there was an old game show many years ago called Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? If you got stuck on an answer to a question, you could phone a friend. They called it phone a friend hotline. The vital lifeline in our relationship is with the one who can forgive our sins, usher in hope, and gift us with eternal life. Calling on the Lord requires us to be humble and dependent upon God. Our humbleness and dependency may look a few ways. A consistent prayer life, reading and deepening our understanding of scripture, participating in the church's life, and allowing the spirit to move, to move us out of our comfort zones for God's glory. We must also have a heart posture when calling upon the Lord. That is, a willingness to extend our cup of gratitude toward Jesus, where we can boldly and authentically say, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty. To ask for Christ's water is to say, Lord, I trust you. I believe in you. I need you. And to know in our hearts 
that you are the only one who can satisfy our thirsty souls. Isaiah 55, 1 and 2 says, Hear, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. Our Savior's initiative and invitation is to come to the fountain of faith where the well does not run dry for whosoever believes. And when we accept the fountain that Christ has for us, it makes us a witness to the Lord's nearness, God's forgiveness and love, and the Spirit's desire for us to be a part of God's purpose. Experiencing the water does not require us to wait for the hour of God's gift to us is now. For the Samaritan woman at the well and us today, the inflowing of hope and wholeness has already arrived in Jesus Christ. The Samaritan woman did not think anyone would be present on her trip to draw water, but Jesus was already sitting at the well. Jesus sits at the well of our need for an endless connection to God and where our hearts can say like the psalmist in Psalm 42, 1 and 2, as the deer longs for flowing streams, so my soul longs for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God. We can be comforted today in the dry and difficult seasons of our lives. There is a deep well of satisfaction found in Jesus who provides a flowing stream of love and life for us. Christ wants us to live in the gift of living water. We all know somebody who lives a living water life right now. They give God all the glory for the good in their lives and trust God's provisions when life presents trouble. They always seem to find joy and bring it to others through their words and actions. They take advantage of the opportunities to serve others who are in need. The one thing they all tend to have in common is that they find refuge in God's word. This gift of living water for us today is the spring that gushes up and overflows to eternal life where we are renewed and refreshed in and through our worship of God and service for others in a broken world that draws from its own well. And if this life cuts short our joys and dreams, we can rest in the hope of the life to come where all will be made right again, the glorious day to come. And it will come. Trust in Jesus and know that he is the only source of true living water for us today. Brothers and sisters, the truth is in the heart of every person, we are thirsty for something and even longing for eternity. St. Augustine talks about our hearts being restless till they find rest in thee. The living water is always available and can be found at the well. The well is not a place of despair, but a place of faith, hope, life, and witness, where Christ can go deeper than our doubts and the distress in our lives and give us the overflowing assurance of God's love and compassion 
for us. Revelation 21 and 6 says, To the thirsty I will give water as a gift from the spring of the water of life. Remain thirsty. Jesus is waiting for each of us. Extend your cup of faith today, even your cup of curiosity, that you might say to Jesus, Give me a drink of this water so that I may never be thirsty again and receive the gift that quenches the soul that only Jesus can satisfy. Amen.